So, Nick, we were going back and forth on the name for this podcast, and you offered a really good idea. At least you didn't think it was a good idea when you offered it. In my defense, compared to the normal human being, I think my uh, tolerance for cheesiness is a little lower. I forwarded the idea that we could call it conversations, and just saying that makes me a little nauseous. But I do think it is an appropriate title for the podcast. So that's and why so, I brought it forward. And so we'd like to welcome you to Conversations with Faculty from the Department of Communication Studies at UNLV. We're grateful to have you here, and we're grateful to have our first person to talk to. Our first interviewee is Nick Tatum. Nick, thanks for joining us. Honored to be number one. I feel bad for everyone else who has to follow up this in- incredible conversation we're about to have. Dr. Nick Tatum is um, the basic course director and undergraduate coordinator for the Department of Communication Studies. He joined us about a year ago. And uh, Nick, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you, where are you from originally? And uh, tell us whether you, you know, when did you ever get, get this passion for communication? Born and raised in Dallas, Texas. Technically Plano, Texas, but you know, that's such a huge area of the state. You just say Dallas. I went to Abilene Christian University in right in the middle of Texas for my undergrad and master's. I never took a single comm class in my undergrad. And I looked to get my master's and looked down the list and saw comm and thought, that would be easy. So started, <laughs> loved every second of it, quickly knew I wanted to keep going on. Pursued my PhD at the University of Kentucky and finished in 2019. And my area of research is instructional communication. So I focus on teaching, learning in the college classroom. And that has led me to have jobs all over the country. So I got a job back at Abilene Christian as their basic course director. Then I took a job at George Mason University uh, outside of DC where I was their comm lab director. And then UNLV begged me to come and join the team here right after the pandemic and been talking to UNLV for a long time and glad that I finally ended up in the desert. So I have been a little bit of everywhere, but all that has led me to joining the faculty here in the comm department. Well, what was interesting about this, um, our recruiting process for you is that we recruited Nick um, for a, a position and he had already accepted the position with us and then the pandemic hit, and all bets were off. Essentially, we had we had to cancel every search and everything. And so, then we came back a year later to try to persuade Nick to join us, and he was a little reluctant. So I gave him a phone call and said, "Nick, we really need you, and you really want this job." And I think what I said was, "I just moved my cat in a car across the country <laughs> seven months ago." And I don't know if she will tolerate that again. But then I drove across the country in a moving truck for four days to move to Las Vegas. So hey, clearly you were convincing. Is your is your cat okay? She doesn't love the hot weather. This is a big change from D.C., but I think she's adjusted now. That's good to know. So, so can I ask, we've got Nick Tatum here. And while we're on a podcast, we can't appreciate that. But 
The shirt, I think, says something about your personality, Nick. Maybe you could describe the shirt for a minute. What are you wearing today? Mm. Which kind of sounds weird on a podcast, yes. but maybe incorporate that into who is Nick Tatum? I'll give you a vivid description, as vivid as I can. Imagine that a 40-year-old dad is attending a soccer game with a <laughs> cooler full of Capri Suns wearing a red Hawaiian button-down. Now, mix that with a uh, overpriced UNLV polo from the bookstore, but wrap that in a $30 Target polo. That's what I'm wearing. So I, I try to be professional, fun, and get by with as casual clothing as I can. And if there's a UNLV on it, who can complain? So tell me how that leads into who is Nick Tatum? Mm. How does this shirt embody kind of mm. who you are, my friend? It's a good question. I, I like how th things look. I like aesthetic. My office, I like to think it looks like it's from a magazine. Care about my house, but I'm very organized, very strategic and analytical when it comes to how things are organized and visualized. So I would say that if you looked at any of the courses I teach or any of the things I do, you know, my life is run by spreadsheets and tables and they're all color coded. Um, and I, I think that's in every area of my life, my personal life, work life, things like that. And I think that helps me in all my areas of UNLV. You know, Kevin mentioned that I'm the undergrad coordinator and the basic course director. I'm also the director of the comm lab. So I think that being organized and on top of things uh, helps me balance all those different responsibilities while making it a little fun too. And you do a great job of it. I'll, I'll tell you, I am I marvel at how well you use Excel and your spreadsheets and everything else and how many stats you've come up with. Have you, have you always been this way, Nick? What, when, would, when did you very first start organizing things this way and creating, and you know, basically data visualization? I distinctly remember getting a trampoline when I was eight years old and telling my parents, if you don't mind, before anyone gets on, I'd like to draft a list of rules for everyone to follow <laughs> and ask my mom to take it up to school. She was a third grade teacher and laminate them in case it rains outside so the rules could be easily accessible. So I think this has been something that's been with me for a long time. I was really involved in undergrad and my master's, and I think that just kind of forced me to further develop those skills to be efficient. I also worked a lot with summer camps when I was in college and was the director of several and so many crazy kids just, you know, continued, continued to force me to uh, keep things organized. So I think it was both birth and necessity that I have turned into this Excel monster. So what is a basic course director? What do you do at UNLV? And I think more importantly, how did Kevin beg you to drive across the country with your cat in a truck for many days in order to take the job of said course director. So the thing about being a basic course director in communication is that at every institution that looks a little different. So we would describe the basic course as any course that's offered to students at large at the university that's typically a lower level course that teaches students some fundamental component of communication. So. Many times that's a public speaking course, which is one of our basic courses at UNLV. Other times it might be more of a survey course where you learn about all different types of communication or an interpersonal course 
where you're learning about relationships. So a basic course itself is just any kind of general education course that's a communication label. Here at UNLV, we would consider three courses our basic courses, which is COM 101, oral communication, which is public speaking. COM 104, which is based off public arguments and reasoning. COM 102, see my strategic self is mad that I went out of order now. I skipped 102. 102 is interpersonal communication, which is about building relationships. So basically what that means is I'm the one who is planning the curriculum for those courses, making sure they're consistent, and also making sure they're fun, right? We would love for students to enjoy our courses and consider being a comm major after taking one of the basic courses. So how did how did he get you to come here and take this job knowing what it would look like? It's a great question. So there's not a lot of PhDs in the United States that offer degrees in instructional communication. In fact, there's only two right now where I went, the University of Kentucky and then West Virginia University. So we're a pretty small community and I am very involved in research when it comes to the basic course and instructional comm at large. So I knew about UNLV for a long time because UNLV's for a long time had a very successful basic course program. That's my uh, academic answer. The second answer is Las Vegas seemed like a lot of fun. And when I saw a job opening, I'm someone who loves entertainment, my background's in music and production. And to get to be able to do the basic course and go see shows every weekend seemed like a great fit. And I know you were a music major. Tell me about your background in music. So I started college as a music major and quickly got bored because there's something about doing music for fun and then also doing music for your job. Uh, but I stayed very involved. Um, I was in choir and musicals growing up and you know, continued to do that in college. So much so that halfway through my PhD, which again was at Kentucky, my alma mater, Abilene Christian, called and said, hey, the director of our productions is leaving. Would you come take over? And I said, I'm getting a PhD, and I don't know if you know what that's like, but I don't sleep now. I'll come if you make me a great offer. And they did. So halfway through my PhD, I continued online. I was just writing my dissertation, which you could really write from anywhere, right? The beach, the mountains, um, or if you're a poor grad student, your 400 square foot apartment. And I moved to Abilene, where I was teaching full-time in the comm department, finishing my PhD, and I also was the director of all of our productions while I was there for the four years. So that involved acapella groups. I write and arrange acapella music still to this day. Everyone needs a good side hustle. Um, I do a lot of consulting for music groups, um, things like that. So it's a hobby that now pays, and it's fun to continue to get to do things like that while I'm getting to fulfill my dream of being a basic course director. Do you have perfect pitch? I wish. Okay. Honestly, perfect pitch, not very common. I have relative pitch, which relative pitch is I can get kind of close and I can make an educated guess, but I'm not someone who you could say, sing me this exact note and I'd be able to, or hear it and tell you what it was. I'm jealous. But in, you play piano as well. I play piano. I used to accompany people. I've taught voice lessons, so... I mean, don't ask me to play now. It'd be pretty crusty at this point. But uh, 
in my heyday, I was pretty good. What is it that you love about teaching? You know, and you didn't, you could teach advanced classes, you could teach a lot of different things, but you actually choose to teach a class that really is very inclusive. All students can take it. Um, what, and, and actually, I know that this, that as you've redeveloped the course, you've, you've made it even more inclusive more of an emphasis on making sure everybody can succeed in this class. What is it that inspires you and causes you to have a passion to do this? You know, I have always been a good student, but it's not because I loved to learn. It's because I didn't want to lose. And I think because of that, I really understand and see where most students are coming from. Um, In a way, I feel like I'm an anti- PhD in the sense that I didn't want to get a PhD. It just kind of happened by accident. It wasn't because I was the one who studied the hardest or the one who always knew they wanted to write a book someday. Not that I've done that. But I think that gives me a different perspective, right? I see the classroom like I saw the classroom as a student. What's the easiest thing I can do? What's the way I can get around this? Why should I come to class? Right, I'm, I'm looking at it from a, a glass half full, but I think that helps me design courses for the student that I was and that all my friends were. And I think that makes me wanna really focus on how can I make students want to engage in this? How can I create something that students see value in? So even if they don't love school, that they still wanna contribute and participate because they see that this is gonna benefit them in some way. So I think, you know, I don't. I can't think of a time I studied during my undergrad degree, and so I want to force students to want to study, to want to participate in activities, to do good work, and I think that takes a different approach than um, you know a lot of professors who come into the classroom and say that you should want to be in my class and do my work. I try to make it more of a persuasive uh, strategy. I want to try to convince students that this is important for them. What gets you most excited about communications in the field? Like, if, if you could teach any class about any any particular subject within the discipline, what are you most jazzed about? Hmm. One thing that I hate and love about communication is that it really doesn't mean anything and means everything at the same time. Now that I'm, you know, have two degrees in comm, I always say, if I had known this is what we did as an undergrad, this is what I would have done. So one of the classes I love to teach is like a survey course where you're, you're giving students a list of options, right? It's like the charcuterie tray of communication. Um, give them a taste of all the really cool stuff that we study that they may have not have ever considered and really jazz their interests and get them uh, focused on areas that they are interested in. Uh, I think that's one of the courses I love to teach because it builds excitement and interest. And we're just going to say for the record that Nick did knock over a water bottle and it spilled on me. But he is such a pro that he did not pause the Conversation podcast. But for the record, I don't see that much water on your shorts. So <laughs> I think it was a, a success. For the win, Nick. You know, Nick, one of the things I was interested in hearing about too was, you know, outside the classroom and everything else and outside of you know, academia, what are your passions? What What is it that you, kind of hobbies and what's what interests you? So we've talked about one, love music. 
acapella music in particular. Like I said, I still to this day arrange acapella music for groups across the country. It's a way to use a talent, a gift that I have, but not make it a burden. But with music, I love to go to shows in Vegas. It feels like I'm going to a show once a week. Now, I've only been here for a year, so in a couple of years, maybe you'll ask me and I won't be on the strip that often. But right now, it's super fun and exciting. I love to cook. I unfortunately or fortunately have lots of food allergies, so it forces me to be creative with what I eat. And I did a lot of exploring during the pandemic, and that's just kept over, cooking lots of weird things that you might not order on a menu. And then I like to come home and sit on the couch and watch garbage television <laughs> because I find that it's one of the best ways to rewind uh, my stress and also to look at communication and action that's probably not going well. So love the TV show Survivor, big Survivor fan. Um, I love the TV show Drag Race. It's kind of a mix of music and uh, competition reality shows. So I'd say if you call me at any point in the day, chances are I'll be doing something with calm, doing something with music, or sitting on my couch drinking wine and watching Survivor, which is still on, by the way. It's been a long time. We're on season 40-something. Yeah. Well, you know, Nick, the other aspect that impresses me about you is how much research you do. Even though you're in a professor in residence position, you still produce uh, an extensive amount of research, travel to conferences, present a lot of papers. I can see you later writing a book on uh, teaching and learning. I mean, that's really your focus. Isn't that, isn't that right? Yeah, absolutely a goal of mine. I love research. You know, initially when I got my PhD, I always imagined that I would be doing research full time. But I feel like I've kind of cheated the system in my current job. I'm getting to do things I also love being an administrator, organizing, creating curriculum development. And I've still found time to try to publish several articles a semester. Um, I just got a really exciting article that I think is descriptive of a lot of my teaching philosophy about instructor strictness. Basically, I asked myself the question, if I'm inflexible and strict with students, what impact does that have? So I think in instructional comm, which again is the field I study, we're in an interesting place in the sense that I'm doing what I study on an everyday basis. Most researchers you know, if you're researching health communication, maybe you're talking about vaccines. Maybe you've gotten a vaccine once or twice, but you're not getting vaccinated every day. I study teaching and I teach every day. So it's uh, in many ways killing two birds with one stone. I'm researching the thing I'm doing, which in turn, I think, makes me um, a better educator. Now, I'm not saying I'm strict. Um, but maybe I will be after I continue doing research on straightness. <laughs> Nick, where do you see yourself moving forward with your research agenda, with the basic coursework that you're doing, with kind of some of the opportunities at UNLV? Um, what would you like to do? And I, I do understand the boss is here, but... Um... <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I want to be the boss one day. Obviously, that's the answer. <laughs> no, that's a good question. Um, you know, I feel like I've been here for a year. And I feel like I have my feet solidly underneath me. And I'm just to a point where I can start looking at the horizon of, of things I want to accomplish. I love developing curriculum. I would say that if I were to rank the things I enjoy about my job, 
developing new courses and creating assignments is something that gives me energy. So I would love to continue to slowly redevelop and develop courses in the department and really continue to make our comm degree, um, both face-to-face and online, interesting, engaging, um, modern. So I see that in my future for the next handful of years. So you've been here for a year. What's been your biggest win at UNLV over the course of that year? Professionally, mm-hmm. generally? I don't know. This polo I'm wearing. <laughs> when I tell you that I... That is a win, sir. It yes. is. When I tell you that I was excited to get out of bed to wear this today. This is one of the highlights so far. I would say over the past year, the first big thing that I tackled was redeveloping our COM 101 course. It's a public speaking course. No one likes public speaking. I mean, no one. It's not necessarily everyone's fear, which I think is some people's fear, but that's not the number one thing people want to do. So I took a ton of time to just from the ground up customize a textbook, redo the entire course, and we're officially launching it this fall. And, you know, I've taught public speaking classes at four or five institutions, and this is the favorite one that I have seen. And I think students are really going to enjoy it. It's going to be um, a spoonful of sugar for the medicine of public speaking. So I'm, I'm looking forward to the way it's going to impact students, and hopefully they see the value in the course that I see in it too. Well, Nick, you know, as we wind this down, if there's, you know, something we should have asked you, if we could have really got uh, some rich information, although I felt like we got a lot of rich information, um, what what would it be? What What is it that if you'd want people to kind of know about you that we kind of haven't addressed mm-hmm. yet? We really covered the main things. Survivor, my cat. Excel. I mean, if you were to ask my close family and friends who I was, that would be it. I would say the missing piece is something, Kevin, we talk about a lot, that I might be the world's number one diet Dr. Pepper connoisseur. I can't start or continue my day without some aspartame and caffeine in that white can with the red writing. So if you ever see me on campus and you want to make me happy or you need something from me, that's really the secret to persuading. All right, I'm going to run out and get a case right now. Thanks a lot for joining us, Nick. We sure appreciate you taking the time to do this. And sorry about the water. 